Hello and welcome to Culture Sex Relationships. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Sometimes they're about politics or sport or about a topic I'm interested in learning more about. I listen to them for work or for pleasure or when I should be working but not. I get a buzz of excitement when new episodes of my favourite ones drop and drop everything to listen. I listen to be informed or because I need a laugh or to expand my understanding. Sometimes I need soothing and I need to listen to other people's relationships with each other. Maybe the timbre of the voices of the host might just be the thing I need to calm down or switch off. Often I need them to often ah often I need them to listen to because I want other people to feel the same thing that I am, or to tell me how to feel or what to think. I will talk back to the host and say things like yes or no or wrong or for fuck's sake. I listen when I'm washing up, when I'm walking, when I'm asleep, apparently, and even when I'm bathing. So for a medium that I'm a creator in and have this intimate relationship with now for over four years, I thought I'd better think about podcasts. What might be the limitations of them? Do they have the potential to be radical and transformative, or are they just individualizing and atomizing? Where do our relationships with podcasts sit with our politics, with our relationships and ourselves? Who better to speak to about this than Dave Pickering? multiple award nominee and award-winning podcaster and podcast producer. Their early adoption of the format has won critical acclaim, and their work as a medium for documentation has been inspiring to many. They regularly speak about podcasts and help others to find their voice and start their own. Dave, welcome to the show. Hello, it's great to be here. Um, It's that experience that I've had a few times now in my life of like stepping through the podcast. You know, normally I'm listening to you and now like here I am talking to you. I mean, we know each other as well, like already, um, which helps. But definitely now I'm on one of the podcasts that I love to listen to in in the kinds of ways that you were talking about. Yeah, it's so this is going to be really annoyingly meta, dear listener. Um, (laughs) And uh, I hope that you really enjoy that. And might even interrogate that phrase, dear listener, uh, later on, which is one that I kind of uh, come back to all the time. So before we get really too meta and too just wound up in ourselves, and uh, tell us about yourself how you just the, the the brief history of how you got into this some of the projects that you've been working on um and also maybe your relationship with podcast too like you know yeah to work you know, yeah we, uh, at the end we'll do a recommendation of all the shows that we like which might take <laughs> yeah i mean this is it it's good that you said brief in in your in your question to be there because i i am a paragraph talker like i talk in paragraphs i think in paragraphs mm. uh for better or worse and I, I do have to be careful sometimes not to kind of information dump on people. And I'm particularly in danger of that today because I've I've made some notes. Whether or oh. not that's a good idea or not, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard to say. But I, I, yeah. I often make the notes because it just allows me to think because otherwise I'll yeah. be obsessing over and over again. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that works out well for an interview and a conversation. Sometimes it doesn't. So, mm. uh, dear listeners, you can decide uh, for yourselves <laughs> today. Um So, yeah, I first started podcasting in 2006, which is really early, particularly in the UK, uh, Mm. to start podcasting. Podcasts had existed before that. um, But when I started podcasting, I didn't even know what one was. I wasn't a listener. Uh, A friend said, write a drama for my internet radio show. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I did. Um, and then a couple of years later, 2008, I was up for a Sony Radio Award um, against uh, someone who's now become my friend or some people who've now become my friend. Uh, the mm. folk from Answer Me This, so that's like Helen Zoltzman and Martin Ostwick and uh, Oliver Mann. Uh, I was up against them. I'd never listened to their show either, but because they were up against me, I thought I'd listen. Um and so that's when I first started becoming a podcast listener. Hmm. And I then became, de- started devouring every podcast that was out there at the time, which was not very many. Uh, and they were all weird and strange and indie and like you'd find them in different places. And like I would listen to anything that was called a podcast back then because they were so rare. Now I definitely don't listen to everything that calls itself a podcast but then you know everything was exciting whether it was something to do with you or not you know whether it was something you would make or not Uh, and then in having got into podcasts I decided to make my own I made it in 2010 it was terrible it was called four days in a room I locked myself in a room with two of my childhood friends in Manchester um, for four days and we recorded everything um, which was terrible. Uh, it meant that we regressed to what we were when we were 15, which was not pleasant. Right. Um, and it also wasn't pleasant to spend a year or so, longer than a year, trying to make that bad content good. So there's mm. my first tip. Uh, it's very hard to make bad content good. It's possible, but very hard. Mm. And uh, definitely try and get good content first. You mm. can't save everything in the edit, uh, as I learned. Um, but then because that was such an unpleasant experience and I didn't like that podcast, I started making a podcast called Getting Better Acquainted to prove I could be a different person to who I was when I was 15, mm. uh, but also to learn to listen better because it was something I didn't do very well during those four days is listen um, mm. and to get to know people and those kinds of things. And so I became a conversation podcaster, I guess, for want of a better word, in 2011. And since then, I've made all sorts of podcasts. I, I definitely won't get into the history at this point because I am aware I've already done, broken my own rule and done a long paragraph. But uh, but I've but to give listeners an idea, I've worked in, in every genre, really, of podcasts. Uh, I've made documentary. I've made uh, long-form narrative stuff. I've made dramas um, and fiction. Um, and I've made the, the classic of a person in a room talking to somebody else. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, me and Meg John actually appeared on one of your Getting Better Acquaintances, didn't we? So if you uh, subscribe to uh, Getting Better Acquainted and uh, scroll back, you'll find it. Um, I, I can't bear to listen back to myself and other people's podcasts, so um, I'm sure it was fine. <laughs> well, I mean, I loved I loved that episode, actually. I think it's a really good episode, but then I would mm. because it's from the later time. So right. Getting Better Acquainted is currently on hiatus. It may come back, uh, mm. but, it, but it kind of went on a hiatus at the end of uh, 2018. And I think the thing is, I don't like or agree with uh, 2011 Dave. I don't even... Right share the same gender as 2011 Dave Um, I think it's quite an interesting thing to listen I'm sure if you can bear it I can't uh, to listen from the beginning because you'll hear someone changing and that's something I had never expected when I started the show Mm. is there would be a document of me changing uh, and other people changing my dad changing as well which led to a different podcast uh, called Down to a Sunless Sea which I did about my dad and, and I could only get that change that he went through, which in his case was 
into dementia um, because of the fact that I'd accidentally recorded these conversations with him, you know, over a number of years. But yeah, sure. I don't agree with that past me. Uh, please, listeners, take that in advisement. I don't agree with me yesterday, let alone uh, 2011 me. So I'm sorry uh, that I say things that are really out of order all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I would say the same about me and the old Meg John and Justin shows, actually, only because, you know, um, I approach this job as a, as an educator and, you know, as I get more informed, learn about other things, read more books, listen to, crucially listen to other podcasts, I learn more. So if I were to listen back to some of those old shows, I'd probably be a bit cringe and um, and yell at myself. <laughs> um, but, you know, in a very gentle and kind way, you know, we are all changing and growing, which is, um, uh, which is, uh, very important to remember and probably one of the things that I say most often on this podcast um, so let's I kind of um, talked about this at the beginning you know that they let's let's think about you know why people might listen to podcasts you know I touched on some of them in my intro but what might be the motivations for people listening to podcasts and that might be you know your own experience of your of the podcast you listen to but also what people might tell you about podcasts that you've created or uh, what people tell you about podcasts generally yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a big question. I mean, and one of the reasons it's a big question is, and uh, people don't always realise this or think in these terms, but, I mean, podcasts are a, a medium. There are, mm. there are, so it's kind of like saying, why do people watch TV? Or yeah. why do people watch films? The answers are so multiple um, because it's not just about what, what's available on that medium it's also about how people relate to that medium as well mm. so it's a, it goes in in so many multiple directions and the thing that many podcasters myself included can find frustrating about podcasts is that people get set in their head with the first exposure to the medium that they have so mm. for years it was the public thought podcasts were white male comedians talking Mm. Um, then Serial happened and everybody thought podcasts are in-depth uh, investigations around true crime. Right. Both those things are podcasts and they're both very big, maybe too big in terms of their uh, existence within this medium. Mm. But there's so many other parts to podcasting, other mediums, other not mediums, other genres of mm. podcasts out there. Um, and I always find it very kind of like sad that people often don't know about that. They don't know about all of the amazing fiction that's happening now mm. and the documentary stuff. And, and also, I mean, one of the things I'm always talking about when I teach about podcasting is you know we're only just still uh, discovering the possibilities of this medium and so mm. there are other there are other genres like I I'm trying to catalogue some of these in a zine I'm doing with my brother about podcasting and and I have to continually rewrite the genres section because there's a new right. genre a new yeah. genre has come out um and some of those genres are specific to podcasts but all of them will be specific in relation to podcasts like true crime in podcasts is different from all other true crime in other mediums because mm. podcasts have certain qualities within themselves but to get out of all of this kind of big picture kind of kind of art crit kind of perspective on it um you know people listen to podcasts for for really basic stuff um, mm. I think like they do it to find community, uh, to connect with other communities like 
kind of like you said in your introduction, you know, like if if you have like a an interest or you have a facet of your identity um, that you don't have anybody else in your life to share that with, you suddenly have access to that through podcasts, the same way you do with the internet in general. So, you know, just as people found, like trans people found community on Twitter, so through podcasts, trans people can find community, maybe in a in a, in a way that has less people shouting at each other. Um, mm. And it is a slightly different kind of sphere for exploring community. I mean, I'm a long form person. A lot of podcasts are long form mm. and there are real benefits to long form as a way of unpacking stuff uh, that is very different and I'm not going to say better than um, but different from say a tweet which is very small and sharp uh, and uh, abrupt uh, way of receiving information um, and so yeah you, you've got kind of empathy as well that also kind of comes out of that like sharing time with other human beings whether they're the kind of human being you are or not I've really benefited from that as a white person who originally identified as a a man um, who is kind of middle class all of the you know most of the boxes of privilege I can tick so one way I've learned and unpacked that is is by listening to other people voices that are not like me and voices that are like me who are trying to unpack those things can all be found education uh politicization and 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 uh those sorts of things but but let's not get too highfalutin also entertainment as you were saying you know soothing there's a podcast um and there's a few podcasts actually that are kind of designed to help you go to sleep you know uh so there, there, there there's meditation podcasts there's walking podcasts there are ways that podcasts kind of connect to the basics there's there, you know there's there's podcasts about food there's there's all of the basics of human beings that are out there um and kind of not being aloneness you know mm-hmm. like if you're alone in, in certainly during the pandemic this has happened more but even before that if you're feeling alone sound is good voices are good people are good um and then there's kind of interesting things about how and where people listen to podcasts like a lot of the time people listen during commutes and that reflects on what they listen to and how they listen uh they also do it when they're listening to domestic chores uh which may or may not flatter podcasters who are out there Mm -hmm. i kind of i like the idea of people using bleach while they're while they're uh, listening to me but I, i guess some people would think that's not enough attention um but um and yeah, like one of the things I think is really good about podcasts from a political perspective is they're very subversive in terms of work. People can listen to podcasts at work and still be working like mm. they can get their work done. But instead of having those hours of the day wasted, they've absorbed information and community and, and all of the things I've been talking about. They got during their nine to five when they would have just been giving that to, for want of a better word, the man. Um, mm-hmm. And so instead they're giving something to themselves, which is maybe a problem in its own way, but we'll get to that kind of question. Yeah, that's interesting stuff. Yeah, I definitely have different kind of motivations but for listening to different podcasts, but I also kind of listen to them in different ways. So, um, you know, I uh, listened to a couple of yours yesterday when I went for a, a walk. Uh, and that was really, uh, it was a lovely kind of brisk, sunny day, very windy. And I was listening to you in my ears uh, instead of traffic, right? Uh, and it just felt really... Um, 
it felt like a really nice way to take everything in. Sometimes, though, if I'm listening to like a political seminar, um, I will just I'll uh, uh, something will happen. I'll get distracted, and then I've missed a vital thing, and I have to go back. So, what I found myself doing more is actually to listen to those as if I was in a seminar, and to literally have a notepad and paper and just sit and listen. And then sometimes, yeah, I'll listen to a podcast and don't mind slash kind of want to nod off. <laughs> so there's there are so many different things and and as you say it's like a massive medium um yeah i mean i find that i've kind of almost got different categories of podcast like i've got my my kind of comfort listeners listens which i listen to all the time but hmm. i wouldn't necessarily recommend all the time yeah. um like my ones that are easy to listen to for whatever reason and then like you say like i think one of the saddest things for me as a podcast maker and listener is that I often don't listen to the best podcasts because I'm looking for the time to give them. And so yeah. I like will listen to the first episode and think, that's amazing. And I'll recommend it to everybody I know, but then they'll all have finished it and I'll have only listened to the first episode. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Um, I think that... I guess the thing to I guess this kind of fits in with some of the things that Meg John and, and I put in our in our zines to do with relationships. It's like um, you know to to think of all the different motivations people might have for having a relationship and and to to understand that we we come at this from a place of like because uh, because this one medium can give us so many different things. It's important for us if we're thinking about our relationship to literally just the media that we're that we're listening to that we we do so kind of um, intentionally and consensually with ourselves there might be a temptation to like certainly for me there is a temptation of some, sorry this is a this is veering into unsolicited advice dear listener but sometimes there might be a temptation for me to like binge listen to some podcasts in the same way that I might binge watch some TV and it is like a kind of a shutting down thing and so sometimes for me I do have to go through a process of slowing down and trying to tune into exactly what kind of thing in my ears I need to listen to at a given time and what's going to work for me so um unsolicited advice I didn't even mean to go there but yeah because it can give us so many different things then sometimes we can just uh listen to them without that kind of intention I think aren't we absolutely and I, I think there's also there's a there's a lot of other kind of facets of podcasting that we don't always think about like the the sound quality people have a lot of opinions about sound quality mm. but there's there's stuff like some people can listen to messy sound and some yeah. people can't you know some people like if you're listening to a conversation that doesn't require the same amount of attention to something that is like highly edited with lots of layered sound design you know you're you're kind of you're 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 denying yourself the full pleasure of listening to the oral soundscape if you listen to that in the background you know on sure. a rubbish little speaker that's not doing very well um and so th there's there's those kinds of elements as well that 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 play into how we listen to podcasts. And I, I think sometimes people will change that into what's right and wrong uh, mm -hmm. rather than like looking at it as the possibilities. And yeah. I'm kind of known for being quite an advocate of messy sound, of rough mm. sound, of DIY, because that's how I came into podcasts. And a lot of the media, you know, a lot of the music and stuff like that has those that I like have those kind of ethoses. But I've also had to challenge myself as I've as I've become an advocate for that of thinking, well, no, there are people that's inaccessible for, and mm. so that so you know 
the, the, there's so many brilliant phrases that I learned through listening to what was the Meg John and Justin podcast that is yeah. now this one that are really appropriate for podcasting. You know, what does it open up? What does it close down? Mm. Uh, you know, there you go. There's your your there's there's that part of the bingo cards, yeah. uh, listeners. You see, I'm very clearly outing myself as a as a bit of a, <laughs> a of a fan of the of this podcast. I'm on myself now, but but yeah, I think so often in talking about podcasts binary thinking creeps in all over the place whether it be about sound quality or yeah. content or what's good or bad to listen to uh yeah. you know yeah. yeah yeah i kind of find myself judging myself around um around things like that too as the person who produces a, as a person who produces a podcast but um i kind of um uh, I've actually taken some advice from you about this, which is that you know there are many different ways of doing it. The sound quality needs to be like good enough, um, and um, and yeah, uh, I've always thought, oh, maybe I should get a theme tune, or maybe I should do some more editing and stuff. But ultimately, also, it's about um, having the time to do it as well. But we're, right. we're kind of going down like a, a production kind of thing. Yeah, which we get, should avoid because I can easily talk about it and it's not what you want to talk about. <laughs> I mean, it's, it might be useful for me, but we want to talk kind of really focus on like the the nature of our relationship to podcasts as well, which uh, I think we've done already. But um, so let's talk about some of the some of the potential for this. So, you know, often podcasts are maybe this is a me thing. I don't know. Uh, everyone else might have like a different kind of view on this but um certainly during the pandemic for someone who mostly lives by himself i um uh i found myself listening to podcasts uh, and kind of leaning on podcasts quite a lot more and needing that kind of relationship with whoever you know i'm choosing to listen to at that time but i guess is there a danger of this being like a other is it even right to say that there are there might be a danger to having this kind of one-to-one kind of relationship with a medium you know unlike for example um you know watching like live tv or listening to radio 4 or radio 6 music or whatever you know there are other i've forgotten suddenly forgotten all the other radio channels <laughs> or uh, going to see a cinema going to see um you know a film though if you are like picking out the ideal podcast for you at that time there might be a danger of that being a little bit kind of atomizing a little bit kind of um uh, a little bit kind of um, just have, having this what we would call the neoliberal relationship that we are kind of choosing to have this relationship that we want to and I guess some added to that as well there is this kind of idea that we might get some kind of self-improvement from that as well certainly with like well-being podcasts and things what do, do you have any thoughts on that on, on first of all on that kind of um, that kind of potential for that being like an individualizing relationship and is that even a problem I mean, I think the answer is, you know, yes, there's a danger for sure. Like, mm. I mean, and and which doesn't really make podcasts any different from any other medium that we have under a neoliberalist or whatever we want to call it, like capitalism, uh, white supremacy, whatever we want to, whatever frame we want to see ourselves in. And there are many. And mm. I think that, you know, I, I kind of support the existence of most of them. Uh like there is a danger of that but there is also the opportunity to push back against that both mm. of those are there within pretty much any medium any art form any craft form um and i think you know it, there's always a danger of, of of forgetting you know that 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 
you know, like kind of like the Bible said, of, and I don't often quote the Bible, but like, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, uh, the best bit of the Bible, Ecclesiastes. Um, but See, I thought that <laughs> other, was Chuck Berry. <laughs> well, I mean, sure, it's, it's the birds, isn't it, as well? Like, like a lot of the Ecclesiastes in the birds, but it's song. Um, but that's, yeah, like, there's nothing new under the sun kind of, is relevant here i mean it's not true there obviously are going to be new things always Mm. but all new things are just combination of old things and so you know we we had this kind of um you know relationships with radio hosts before we had it with podcasters we have it with reality tv stars Mm. who are not who have not got podcasts we have it all the time on twitter um we have it uh you know historically we would have we would have had it with novelists or characters in novels you know so so this this danger of 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 yeah of of a kind of neoliberal kind of lie to ourselves in what we're doing when we're listening to podcasts Mm. is real is true but i also think it does offer many different ways of pushing back against against kind of neoliberalism against atomization Mm. Um, for ev- for all of the for all of the ways that there are dangers to thinking we're friends with people who we're not, for mm. example, um, there are also real benefits from having insights into people's lives that we never would have had before. And I kind of when I think of the you know self improvement is definitely I don't know yeah you're right to pick it out. Um, yeah. There are lots and lots of podcasts that claim to help you uh, mm. in multiple ways, uh, certainly in terms of self-help and therapy, in inverted commas. Mm. That's a big problem. And your podcast situates itself within that that part yeah. of the of the of the industry. So you you like I can see why you have a particular worry about that. There's also a lot of people trying to tell you that you can get rich quick as well. There's the other sure. there's the other kind of hucksters uh that are there out there trying to tell you um that that you can get it all um financially uh as well as the people trying to tell you that you can get it all emotionally and psychologically mm-hmm. and and they're all dangerous. Um but there are also anti-capitalist podcasts. There are also, like your podcast, podcasts that constantly question uh, a neoliberal framing. And so all of that is like a, a complexity. I mean, when we when I think about what's the most kind of the danger for podcasts from when I started to now is, again, like it's like one of these be careful what you wish for and like what does it open up, what does it close down mm. things. Back in the day anyone could make a podcast and that that's still true but but anyone could make a podcast and it was exciting it was carving out a space that was separate from the mainstream that was in opposition often to the mainstream Mm. um but as it's gone on as it's been absorbed as it's become the podcast industry in in capital letters um that means I mean, an industry means exploitation, and mm. we're seeing that within lots of you know. I can, I could, I won't, but I could list all of your favourite podcasts, dear listeners, and point to ways they've been 
really problematic you know like there's there is kind of institutional racism within podcasts uh development and within podcasts not just in mm. not just behind the scenes although most of it is behind the scenes mm. um there's also you know really problematic usages of podcasts and we've currently got that with um the nolan documentary for bbc sounds about yeah. trans people we're seeing you know and serial was a part of this as well like a real place of danger for this kind of uh for where podcasts can be utilized by systems is in how journalism or true crime can be manipulated how Mm. we can feel like we're getting a true story because we're hearing from our friend that we have a relationship with and actually they're not giving us the full story or they're using music to manipulate our emotions in a way that we don't necessarily notice so those are the ways I become the most worried. But I guess another area that is, again, appropriate to your show is that with the Patreon model, with the, the alternative to, mm. to, the, to the podcast industry, rather than having the big money that is there with Spotify and, and things like that, instead going directly to your listeners, which on, on its face is a, a great radical thing, that also means that your, your, your listeners become your income slash your mm. boss. And yeah. that, that also can create kind of falsenesses in the relation between podcasts and listener um yeah i'm going to stop kind of paragraphing so that you can say something. no that's really no, that's really interesting stuff i guess the thing the one thing that always concerns me just about this particular show is that individuals might listen to it and 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 kind of take on board some of the points or the advice or some of the learning that i get from doing interviews with other people and that's where it sits you know and that it doesn't actually go into their relationships and that it might not uh, mean that they're able to actually um, to talk about this with other people. And, but other people have said to me that that's not the case. And also other people have said, well, I actually listen to this with my partner. You know, we put it on, you know, the radio. We don't always listen to podcasts through earphones. And I guess I'm thinking that, you know, I do. But I guess it's like, it's the, there is the potential for it to be this very, um, you know, in the same way that we've probably had like a moral panic around this with, with the invention of novels, you know, individuals doing an individualistic thing, reading individual things. We wouldn't say that, you know, I wouldn't panic about novels now. Um, so I guess that's the only thing uh, is that to just t- take away the hot takes or to take away the advice or to take away the things you've learned, but not to spread those. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it is interesting, isn't it? Like, yeah, you could say all of the things that we could say about uh this kind of this part of the medium of podcasts can definitely be said about books like not just novels but self-help books like some of them are terrible and 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 will not help you and then the ones that will help you maybe people read them and they don't actually Mm -hmm. like take on the advice and they use the language they learn the language uh to make them sound like they're being whatever but they're not necessarily doing the work yeah but you, you know since we can say that about every medium it really comes down to how we as listeners like it's about kind of critical thinking uh it's about like making sure we do the work if that is what we're listening to a podcast to achieve exactly yeah that's a really good point because however kind of uh scratchy or radical sounding the the um the podcast is that you're listening to um it, it exists within culture and as it exists within culture it's saying something they're often repeating discourse they are repeating the should stories that culture gives us quite often so it's important to be critical and it's important to you know triangulate like get our get our information from different sources 
an example for me is that, you know, I uh, listen to a lot of left-wing uh, podcasts, but also read the FT. So, right. and I, so, or, you know, I might watch, you know, Sky News from time to time or something to try to get a sense that, you know, I'm aware that there is this kind of, um, that there are, you know, often competing discourses. I think the thing about, particularly about um, the kinds of sex and relationships podcasts is that, you know, it's just like, that it might... I don't listen to very many, sadly, sex and relationships podcasts, uh, but there might be a danger that they end up just repeating some of the same stuff that we get basically in sex education. And in that way, it becomes this kind of like common sense of this is what sex is. This is why people have relationships. And I guess what we always have tried to do on the podcast is to give people the tools to critique those, which is a thing that we can get from podcasts. So it's not just taking in information but it is they are also a possibility to give people some skills and tools that they might be able to take away in their lives as well i guess and also i think it's interesting like as well yes you're right and a lot of the podcasts that kind of fulfill this kind of function they do repeat uh the narratives of the of the of kind of normality of kind of of, of forces that want to make us all the same mm. um but then at the and, and also they they, they then repeat the radical ones you know like mm. one of the first podcasts that i listened to back in those early days uh was savage love with dan savage right. that did open my eyes and my approach to the world in ways that were valuable and have remained valuable for me as an individual but you know there are phrases that dan savage has said for years now you know repeatedly without thought that he just regurgitates and you know the more you listen to other podcasts that aren't dan savage uh the more you open your mind to ways and critiques of 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 what dan savage says and you know you go on a journey yourself with these things yeah. um and i certainly would not recommend savage love to people now but there were years when i would have done yeah. and you know i have to square that with myself you know just accept some years you know what's important to you is important to some people and other years what's important to you is it's going to be important to other people and we're all we're all on our own st- i mean now i'm sounding quite neoliberal we're all on our own journey um but i mean there's another thing i think is worth kind of touching on when you said like however scratchy a podcast sounds i mean that's something to keep in mind with kind of critical thinking often the more diy as a podcast sounds the more people think it's authentic Mm. Um, and authenticity is a complicated word you know it might be authentic as in it's somebody recording badly on a microphone saying their unfiltered thoughts often unedited thoughts Mm. that doesn't mean they're right that doesn't mean that their thoughts are right just because they're a bit more real but on the other side of things as well when you listen to somebody on a podcast you're not just hearing the words they say you're hearing the context often and the them you know other you know someone might be regurgitating the same sentence that that they regurgitate all the time but in that moment they might have different feelings that you can actually hear sometimes uh in their voice you know you might start to get oh hang on you know, does Dan, is Dan Savage as, as confident about this piece of advice as he's, he's giving um, as, as, as he would like us to think? And, you know, with those kind of things, you can't get that in text. You no. can't hear the tone of the voice of the person who's giving you the text. So it opens things up. It closes things down. It can make you more it can make you more inclined to believe someone and also less inclined to believe someone hearing their voice. It's 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 a real, real kind of um, 
I mean, it's not easy. It's not simple, I'm afraid. No. Well, that's really interesting. So I think let's let's skip ahead to the part where we're going to talk about parasocial relationships because this is like, um, this is the thing. So just the parasocial relationship, very basically, is kind of like a one-way relationship. It often is with famous people, but also in the past has been uh, with just... What is part of like fame studies, isn't it? Uh, but um, it's but there are many ways to be famous. But the the there are people have these kind of parasocial relationships with people who who host podcasts, and it's this kind of one way relationship where you feel quite we might feel quite um, related to or attached to in some way the host in a way that they never could with us. Um, and it has been that term has been I think uh, used in ways which are disparaging to say that it's not real or that it's not something we should believe in. But it's also it is also used in a more neutral way, isn't it? Um, but let's talk about let's talk about this. Do you, do you have any thoughts about that that kind of relationship? And um, because as you were saying, as you were just saying just then, you know, podcasts are very different to you know writing an essay. Uh, that often when I'm saying something, I'm thinking it through, or I'm just like, whenever I'm going uh, or uh, I sometimes criticise myself for that because I, I think, well, I should know exactly what it is that I want to say. But actually, as a as someone who is speaking, I want to be cautious. I want to not. I want to try to learn as I'm speaking. So even. Sorry, I'm kind of rambling on now. Even as I'm, <laughs> this is incredibly meta. He's never, even though I'm no, now noticing I'm rambling on talking about this. But what what are your thoughts about this par- kind of parasocial relationship and that kind of seeking authenticity and the kind of behind the scenes kind of stuff that kind of, kind of keeps people involved in that relationship too? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I I I like maybe a lot of people kind of came across this term parasocial relationships uh, maybe five years ago or whenever it came out uh, Shannon uh, Stretchy uh, made a, a YouTube video called Fake Friends Episode 1 which is a kind of long form uh, deep dive into what a parasocial relationship is and it's it's really worth checking out I think mm. uh, still still holds up I think although I'm sure that, that there's things that if I watched it now I would, I would have kind of questions about um, and yeah, that's when it came into my mind as a, a phrase. I guess I was already aware of the potentiality of us to, to develop a relationship with people, sometimes fictional people. It's not mm. just something I think we develop with real people. Um, and I think it, it, this relationship with people we listen to, from my point of view, it's funny because, you know, Knowing that we were going to talk about this, I sort of thought, you know, what, like, do I have any bad experiences of of, of parasocial relationships? And and kind of no is my answer. Mm. I've I've but then I've never become a big enough podcaster, I think, to to get to a point where it would be more dangerous to have these things. Like some of my fans, you know, in inverted commas, I feel uncomfortable using that phrase, but. Mm you know, contacted me by email and then I invited them on the show and they're now friends, right? right. Like, so like they're now legitimate friends. And similarly, I mentioned Helen Zoltzman earlier on. I originally maybe had a parasocial relationship with her. Uh, now I have a friendship with her. Mm. Uh, for years, I was uncomfortable using the word friendship because it made me made me sound like I was kind of appropriating. And, you know, and she's told me, you know, in certain terms, I'm allowed to use that 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 phrase. But yeah. I mean, I guess my my discomfort around that speaks to some 
of the stuff around this about how it is hard to know when someone is a friend. Are they a, are they a friend when you think they're your friend, or mm. when they agree that they're your friend? Right. You know these kind of things. And and also, I'm a, I make work for clients who. I'm also fans of. So, you know, sometimes I'm having a parasocial relationship with someone who's paying me, who I am becoming more and more in my mind, like a friend of. Um, But then are they my friend or not? You know, like, you know, that maybe they'll call me their friend. And then I'll be like, but but do you know me? I know I know I know you from listening to your podcast and editing it every week. But do you actually know me from the communications we have, you know, about your podcast? Is that really giving you much of an insight into who I am? You know, so there's there's all sorts of different directions that 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 creating these relationships. And I, 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 I tend to kind of feel I can't remember the exact quote, but the film adaptation, um, there's a speech, uh, I think, I think. Nicholas Cage gives it, which is a weird thing to say, um, <laughs> but I th- or, but maybe it's somebody else. But there's a there's a speech in it where someone is like, it doesn't matter if you loved me back. I loved you. I had this relationship in my head, and that is real. You know, that is real sure. for me. That is real, and it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's real to the rest of the world. And and that's kind of what fiction does anyway like that's Mm. kind of what fiction's about is about kind of a beautiful lie a kind of a a kind of thing that is true because it's false you know that there are there are these spaces within our lives that we we welcome this kind of ambiguity Mm. but where it gets dangerous is when it's a real person and also when we we only hear partial parts of that real person like all of my life is out there on the internet i like to say Mm. but that's not true yeah. Like, like only the parts I've chosen to share, many of them are not very, uh, they're not very, you know, they, they don't cast me in the best light because I'm the kind of person who is prepared to be, uh, show my warts and all. But that in itself is a choice. I've mm. chosen to show my warts and all, I guess partly because I know that that, you know, is, is in my mind more authentic, right? Is, sure. And that, that in my mind as well is maybe there's a part of it which protects me. Like I have said that I make mistakes and that I change. And like I have not said I'm an authority. I've said I'm, I'm, I'm someone to be questioned. And so people can't cancel me uh, in the kind of, I mean, I don't believe in cancel culture. That's kind of a humorous uh, mm. statement. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but like it does mean that, and, and and I've seen this with other people. Like I make a podcast for Sophie Hagen, the comedian, and her podcast, um, you know, she's had to think about how to make it very clear. This is contextual. We're in a moment. You're listening to us in a moment, like yeah. because she doesn't want to be held accountable for the rest of her life for something that she says offhand in a conversation, you know, five years ago. Yeah. And so there's there's there are these kinds of. Um, concerns that both podcasters and pod listeners need to have Mm. both can get friendship like um you know a podcaster can get in their in their inbox a parasocial relationship with a fan Mm. you know it it doesn't just go one way um but if you're listening to somebody and they're never engaging with you in any way then it is one way and you have to be aware of that like very very much um and so, yeah, I mean, again, I think this is a really, it's a rich conversation. It's, it's, a, it's got so many things we can say about it, mm. but there aren't very many conclusions that no. I can come to. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hierarchical, isn't it, in, in, <laughs> in, in, in ways that uh, I sometimes find uncomfortable. The other thing uh, I just um, is, you know, uh, again, to sound a bit meta, you know, when I'm at work, there is like, you know, there is work me and there is not right. work me. And so when I'm doing a podcast, it is very much work me. Uh, for other people um, working in, in, in either a related field to me or just creating like hashtag, you know, content, or inverted commas content, uh, they may reveal something which looks like a kind of an authentic non-work self. But it's, I think it's important to remember that they are probably doing a work version of their authentic non-work self. Like we are all um, showing a part of ourselves or or doing a part of ourselves. And I think this kind of idea that Meg John uh, kind of introduced us to on the podcast about plural selves is really important to recognise here because we also have, a, I also have a relationship with this Justin speaking now. So right. we also, in that way, it is kind of uh, looser and more uh, molecular, isn't it? So, um, you know, on the odd occasion where people say, wait, I've, uh, you know, you're, are you just in Hancock? Uh, I think I follow you on Twitter or I've, I read your website or I listen to your podcast. I'm like, all right, yeah, that guy. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm glad to listen to that. And I find it a little bit tricky because I don't know how to to broach that. I don't know how to present myself and turn that into something that might be a, a less hierarchical conversation, I guess. Right. I mean, um, and, and, and th- it's also about like... Um when we hear a podcaster, one of the things we often get is like a false sense of coherency. Like mm. the, 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 they'll have edited, you know, I know for a fact, if you listen to any narration I do, I've edited that loads because I'm not someone who reads out a thing and gets it right first time. Yeah. Um, and so you're kind of hearing a, a level of of professionalism or coherency or like, you know, I've edited out the bits I did that, where I said things I didn't like, you know, and maybe years later there'll be more bits and I'll wish that I had edited more out. Yeah. But there was still some level of, of, of editing of, and even if it's not editing, it's about performance. It's about presenting yourself. Like a lot of the early podcasters were comedians for a reason. It's mm. because you can sit in front of a mic and speak coherently because you've had thousands of hours of training mm. to do so. Um, and so, I, you know, these are kind of facets that are kind of here within within how we think about this. And I guess a question is, do you have a parasocial relationship with yourself, Justin? Because I, I do. Uh, right. like, I, and different parts of myself, different different times in getting better acquainted are like more or less. But I'm still having a social parasocial relationship. And when I was editing the podcast about my dad, I was wondering if I had a parasocial relationship with my, you know, with my dad. Because at that time, I mean, he's, he's died since then. But at that mm. time, he was still alive, but he was not able to talk to me as he had used to because he had dementia and so was I kind of having this parasocial relationship with the old version of my dad you know and and was and you get into all of these thorny questions of like you know what is real about my own relationship with my own father that I definitely had um but now I'm recreating and creating and you know all of these kind of questions so yeah like it's never simple just listening to another voice and having a relationship to it you know it's never simple well, I hope you found that useful or interesting so far, dear listener. To listen to the full conversation, you'll need to head over to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash culture sex relationships. 
that's another 15-20 minutes or so of um, continuing that conversation about parasocial relationships, but also Dave's excellent recommendations for other podcasts. Also, you'll be supporting the show. The I use the Patreon to pay myself, but also to pay freelance guests, so we were both able to get paid to do the show. So it was my patrons who helped me to do that, so thank you so much to them. So that's patreon.com forward slash culture sex relationships. If also you've had enough of listening to the show and you don't really need extras or you don't really want to sign up to Patreon, but you do want to chip in and you do want to make a contribution to help pay for the show, you could either buy one of the zines at the Meg John and Justin website, megjohnandjustin.com forward slash publications. Um, that would be really uh, useful. Or you could even just send me a quid, uh, paypal.me forward slash bishtraining. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening and hope you liked that. And please also do share the show if you enjoyed it and would like to, it helps us to, uh, it helps the podcast to reach new listeners. Okay, that's it then. Bye, 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 bye. See you, bye then. <laughs>